Hello and welcome to Inside Job with V and Pam. We're here to share and discuss ways that we've found joy, meaning, self-love, and purpose in our life journeys. Though our lives have unique trajectories and we all have our own experiences, one truth remains constant. Change is an inside job. Our wish is to share at least one spark that lights your inner flame, helping illuminate what's true for you so that you can find your next right steps. This is episode 001. Today you'll get to meet Pam Davis and hear her origin story about the life experiences that led her to become a self-love coach and hope warrior. Everyone has an origin story that helps us tell others about the path from our deepest struggles to our current journey. In sharing these, we can find commonality and connection that helps us get to know more about each other before we even meet. We would love to know more about how you got here, Pam. Where does your origin story start? Well, that is a wonderful and big question. Um, you know, if I think way, way back, uh, I think about my childhood and I think about um, kind of being the quiet, nice, good girl. And I think really that's where the roots are early, early on trying to figure out where my place was and how to um, just be a part of our family. And my role was to be quiet and good. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and I got really, really good at being quiet and good. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's probably where it started and continued for, I'm going to say decades. Sure. and until I started to actually find my voice and um, not worrying so much about being good for other people. Mm-hmm. That actually leads me to our next question. Thank you. Oh, <laughs> what do you feel was the pivotal moment when you recognized that the only thing left to do was change or stay stuck? Can you think of one I mean, I know it's different for all of us, but can you think of any specific instance where you look back and say, aha, that's where it changed for me? I, I actually do. There, and, and I have had many moments um, along the way, and, but this one stands out as the big aha changing moment, and nobody saw it or felt it or even knew about it except for me. Uh, I went back to school in my 40s to finish up my bachelor's degree, which I had not completed when I was of college age, after many, many attempts and also being asked to take a break from college for a while um, because I was not succeeding at all. And I, I kept um, like failing this math class, this math and science class. Um, but of course, I did not ask for help because I just thought that it was something, there was something wrong with me. Mm. And after many years, I decided that I was going to see if I could finish that degree. I had only had two classes left when, when I eventually dropped out, was asked to leave for a break, um, an indefinite period of time. I was able to come back at some point, but it was quite a while um, between coming back. And uh, I ended up um, going back to school, getting some help with the math and science doing pretty darn well, like shocking myself 
that I could do it. And eventually, took me a while, I graduated um, with uh, my, my bachelor's in liberal, liberal studies, which was to become a teacher. And the night of my graduation, um, which I was not going to even attend, but, but my friends very strongly urged me to do it. <laughs> I went to my college graduation and a bunch of people showed up for me. And when I rounded the corner after walking the stage and, and you, you go meet your family and your friends, um, I had about, I don't know, 12 or 15 people in my life standing there. And as I walked toward them, they all, their faces shone. There was so much love and they were putting all of it on me. I literally turned my head to look behind me to see who they were looking at. Oh. Because I did not, I did not expect to feel that much love and support. Um, but it was for me. I'm getting emotional as I'm saying this. It was for me. And um, in that moment, I had this thought, and this was the aha. What if I could see myself the way they see me? Oh. Yeah. What if they're telling me the truth by the way they look at me and feel about me, and I'm the one that has it wrong? And that was a huge moment for me. I, it was, and, and I, I drove back from the graduation to my house and people were coming back over for a little party and all, that's all I could think about. And I remember walking through my front door thinking something has shifted and it was my opening to start to see what was possible for me. Oh, my word. Yeah. It's, I'm it's, getting emotional hearing you tell it. <laughs> it's like it happened yesterday. And this was probably, uh, this was in 2004 mm -hmm. that I graduated. So 2004, 2005, I think it was 2005, actually. Um, and um, so 16 years ago mm -hmm. that I, that I walked that stage and had that moment. Yeah. Wow. When you realized when you asked yourself that question, maybe it's me who's got it wrong. What if yeah. I could give myself what they're all giving me? Who or what, after that shift, who or what helped you start on the path that you're currently on? Yeah. Well, uh, it, it was a question that wouldn't go away. <laughs> and what I started doing first, I, I guess it would be the what, as I started to look for ways to support and help myself. And I started, I read a few books. I watched a few videos. It wasn't one specific person, <laughs> but it was like I was looking at it with new eyes. And certainly um, Brene Brown was one of those people that, you know, would have no idea how much she touched my life uh -huh. um, at some point around there. And it might've been a couple years later, but at some point I, I discovered her work. Uh, but I started to look at things as if I was a student learning how to know myself and find myself and see myself in a different way. Mm -hmm. And um, it took a little bit of time for me to get up um, the courage to start to do some actions for myself. In the beginning, it was more about understanding and learning, which is probably an action as well. But um, but nothing had really changed except internally I felt like things were possible now mm -hmm. um, and at some point I would say right as I was rounding up to 50 I started to realize that 
the one thing that would probably help me the most was dealing with my inner critic. Uh And that was another turning point where I started to say, I wonder if how I speak to myself is, is um, helping myself or not. And of course it was kind of an obvious answer, but I had no idea of where to start. And uh, I ended up just deciding that I would start to notice when I was doing it. And that was another start um, because I had this deep knowing that the way I speak to myself is really hurting myself. And I was in a pattern, a cycle that I could not get out of. Uh-huh. And it was, I was a pretty relentless, I had a pretty relentless critic inside of me. Uh-huh. Um, so I just started to notice when it was happening and start to catch myself. Um, and that was the beginning of understanding how loud that noise was in my head. And I could not hear anybody else's voices, let alone my own inner voice. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah, that's probably where things started to break open. Uh-huh. Can you tell us a little more about the initial experiences that you had as you began to follow this new path? Yeah. There was something- you know that, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, we know that change isn't linear, and yet it always is helpful to hear, I think, where somebody succeeded, where they stumbled, where they went away that maybe they didn't think that they would go or went away. They thought that would be helpful. That wasn't. So I'm just curious. Sure. Yeah. Um, So, you know, my first initial thoughts were that I speak to myself terribly. Mm. Um, And I was uh, always sort of the butt of all my jokes. So I'm, I'm, I, humor is important to me, but I was always, it was always at my own expense and Mm -hmm. I laughed along with everybody. Um, they just didn't think that I really believed it. They thought it was a joke, but I really believed it. And so what, what I started to do is, and I feel like this is the teacher in me. Um, the teacher was helping me. Um, and this is what kind of came up. And so some of this just arose out of me when I had that first epiphany of how can I look at myself the way others that love me do? And that was, what do I need? And so what I needed was not to speak to myself so harshly 24 seven, basically, even in my dreams, sometimes I would be be critical of myself. And so my first thought was to start to notice. And what I started to call it um, was um, turning down the volume on my inner critic. How could I turn that down? I really didn't know what this meant at the time, but I had this, I also had this strong knowing that this was for me and this was I might help people with this. And I, I don't know why I knew that, but it felt very uh, like focused and beyond me. And so um, I just started to notice. And then I, I, I started to cut myself off when I would start to say those things to myself. And it wasn't like this big, you know, miraculous, I'm, I'm done, I'm over it it was that about 20% of it started to go away in the first few months Mm -hmm. and it made a significant difference and I, and I could feel it. And at about nine months, I was in a group of my good friends and I started to tell a joke and I was starting to kind of 
talk harshly about myself in the joke. And I was back in my old pattern for a moment. And my, my really good friend said, hey, 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 you don't talk about yourself that way anymore. What's going on? Wow. So other people started to notice in the impact in a way really before I could notice how much it was actually changing. Mm-hmm. And that was also like, that was so loving of her to say. And I, I realized, wow, this noticing and stopping myself is helping. What's next? I wonder what would happen if I could almost like myself, you know, my, wow. bar, my bar was never to, at the beginning, my bar was not to love myself. My, my bar was don't hate yourself so much, mm. hate yourself a little less. And the, and then at some point, the idea of maybe I could like myself like that, that felt impossible, but that was, that was what it was evolving into. Maybe I could like myself. Wow. And the volume of the inner critic started to go way down. Mm-hmm. And what emerged was this lovely, warm, imperfect Pam's voice who was doing her best and finding her way. Mm-hmm. And I could finally start to hear a little bit of that. Um, and, you know, I, I said, wow, this is really making such a big impact on me. I, I've got to keep going. Wow. Wow. That is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you for sharing that. What did you love the most about recognizing that change was possible for you? That is a great question. And I'm, I'm feeling it all throughout my body here. Um, It was just the tiniest sliver of hope that I had not had before. Mm -hmm. I really was always sort of trying to find my way, but I didn't have a lot of hope. So I, it was very self-defeating most of my life. It was kind of almost a way to verify how, how unlovable I was see, this doesn't work. Right. It works for other people. But when I started to feel the difference and then other people started to notice, uh, it, it started to become difficult to put myself down. Yeah. And, uh, so that hope that I found that I'm talking like, I I've described it as a chia seed amount of hope. (laughs) Like it is, it was, you can see it, but it's, it's really tiny. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a chia seed, like if you water it, it gets much, much bigger. And yes. so, um, yeah, that just that tiny amount of hope and the people in my life were so happy for me because they had always known me in the way that I was starting to know myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And so I got a lot of, um, I got a lot of support but I didn't tell them I'm going on this big self-love adventure or, or anything. I just started to turn down that volume on my inner critic and uh, things started to change. And, and, and that small first amount of hope, it, it, it propelled me to more and my hope started to grow um, Mm. because I was seeing change actually happening before my eyes. Um, (sighs) Yeah. That is so powerful. And you made a perfectly clear point when you said, I didn't announce that I was going on this big adventure. I just changed one piece. Because really, that's where it begins, right? 
just sometimes the thought of going on a big adventure is so overwhelming. Yeah. What can, what's one thing I can change that may start to help that may start to change a little more and a little more. What did you fear the most about change? Mm. Well, I have to tell you that, um, I've always, uh, since I was little, really been resistant to change. Uh-huh. So, and I think it just comes from my family of origin and how, um, there was a lot of fear growing up, um, with, uh, doing anything wrong, getting in trouble, uh, anything like that. And so I really learned to be very comfortable with my low grade misery. Like I was super comfortable with it. And I felt that when I would start to think about something, um, that might be better and more hopeful, I would really talk myself out of it. Like, Uh well, that's, you know, that's not going to work for you. So, Uh so there was a lot of that kind of negativity and, um, and I, I, I know my family was doing their best. They had their own things they were struggling with. So we were all kind of separately trying to find our way. We, we didn't really understand how to help each other do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But change became like something to resist. And so uh, I think because there was a lot of change in my life all the time, and I just wanted things to be the way they were for one minute. Right. (laughs) That's what it felt like. And so um, around 2009, so probably that, and I, I know this because I made a little uh, I'm going to call it a little piece of art. It was a mm-hmm. little, you know, piece of newsprint that I took a marker and wrote on, but I wrote really big, the words embrace change mm. because I, that was something that I knew was holding me back. Mm-hmm. My resistance to change was um, like an anchor. And so I wrote, I think I made a little rainbow, a couple of flowers. I mean, it was just uh, almost like a kid's drawing, but I wrote embrace change and I put it up on the wall as a way to kind of start to invite myself to see that side of things, to see that maybe change would be a help and not something to hurt me. Right. Again, at the beginning, no idea what this was going to be or why it was coming out of me, mm-hmm. but I was in the flow of something and I just thought, Yeah. If, if I was, if I could embrace change, I think my life would be different. <laughs> I had that thought like, yeah, I mean, one plus one equals two. It's, <laughs> it's all of it feels very elementary as I'm saying it now. And, and there was a lot of uh, really beautiful grace that started to come up in the way that I would, te- that I would treat a five-year-old. Right. Uh Right. Just with so much grace and support and patience. And Mm -hmm. some of that started to come out of me towards myself. Mm. What a gift. What a gift to be able to start to give that to yourself after all that time. So along this journey, I don't know, maybe from 2006 to now or 2009 to now, because you've mentioned those both as, as pivotal times in the beginning of this part of your journey. Between then and now, where have you resisted change or your journey or this unfolding? Where have you resisted the most? What has brought you the most resistance? Mm. 
I, I'm not sure if I understand exactly what you're asking with that. What has brought the most resistance? I'm trying to think. Well, just as an example, sometimes people find it's easier to, um, to unpack the stories they have about themselves in their later years versus unpacking the stories they have about themselves from a younger time. Okay. And sometimes people are very comfortable talking about a number of topics, but there's one topic that they won't really uh, touch. Is it. there any spot where you initially felt yourself like freezing or pulling back and recognized it and said, aha, that's where I really need to go next? Yeah, thank you for clarifying that. Now I totally get it. Um, I I think it was, um, I mean, it's it's tied into this self image and body body type, body weight, all of that. Uh-huh. Um, always being someone that was overweight, that was an area that uh, I can see now. I was really, um, you know, doing my best with that as well uh-huh. as my coping method, but I did. I would say that was the most, uh, that was the hardest area to start to look at. Uh, and I went through some big transformations. I lost a lot of weight. I've gained some weight back. I've been all over, but I don't hate my body anymore. I don't have a judgment on it. Uh-huh. I don't, um, I don't think about the wrinkles on my face or my gray hair in the way that I used to be so critical of every single part of myself. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, the resistance, the hardest part to start to embrace and start to get over was that part. Mm. Um, and that just started to become another area to explore at some point. Um, yeah. I thought it was all about looking a certain way. And so I, I kind of jumped into that, I will even say obsessively. Uh, and, um, and it wasn't about looking a certain way. It was all about feeling a certain way and knowing myself deep, deep inside. And absolutely, I would love to be like thinner, but mostly for health. And, right. uh, but I don't have any critical remarks about my body. And I haven't for a very long time. And that to me is, I haven't even thought about that for a while, but that's another sign of, of like real change for me. Wow. That is, that is so, it it sounds as though it's so liberating to be released from that, from that constant loop of self-criticism and self-loathing. Yeah. Yeah. Because we get into those patterns and then it just, it becomes almost an automatic every time you look in the mirror. Oh, look at that gray hair. Look at those wrinkles under my eyes. Look at my hips. Look at my, I even think of um, in one of the Incredibles movies, (laughs) Elastigirl, Mrs. Incredible is in her skin tight super suit and she catches a, a peak of herself her rear end in the mirror in her super suit and she sighs and rolls her eyes a little bit. (laughs) And I think we all are so, especially as women. um, And I think men too, but I speak from a woman's point of view because I am a woman. We're so conditioned to have this uh, picture of perfection that we are constantly trying to attain that is uh, unattainable. Um, and it's, some people say that that is what has kept the, uh, 
beauty industry and the not the health and wellness industry necessarily, but certainly the fitness industry in such good business over the years, because we've all been convinced that we are not enough as we are, that we must try to strive for this higher ideal all the time. And I agree with you. Um, wait for health is one thing. Wait for outward appearance is entirely different. Um, I'm so glad that you've that you've been able to give yourself those gifts. So now that we've talked about fear and resistance to changing, where did you find the most ease, especially in the past 10 years? Where have you found areas that just flow for you that feel like you're finally home? Uh, Yeah, thank you for asking that. And um, so this is, this is uh, something that I started to understand, I'm going to, let me try to think, I'm going to say this was probably about five to seven years ago. So we're kind of on a timeline here with my Uh journey. Um, I, um, I was given like an assessment through my spiritual organization to talk about, um, to uncover my strengths. Uh And, um, and it was really eye opening because uh, what it was really sharing with me was that my patience, my acceptance of others, my warmth uh, um, was were some of my greatest strengths. And I just thought those were, I didn't have put a value on those particularly. I mm-hmm. thought like, well, everybody's like that. But of course, no, not everybody's like that. And I... the other part is the combination that we each possess is unique to us. So how that really manifests outwardly to others um, will be felt differently, you know, depending on who you're dealing with. And as I started to really look at my strengths, it, it really connected another like piece of myself to me. I started to think like, Oh, this is what makes me me. Uh, And I, and it, it, it kind of gave me an anchor and, what what shifted there was the uh, this idea that those things that we naturally possess how we naturally react how we naturally think mm-hmm. um we can and that we very freely by the way especially those positive traits that i was talking about we very freely offer them to others yeah like, I, I was, you know, people, when we were in grocery stores, I would be the person walking along and smiling at people and people would start to tell me their stories, like in the middle uh-huh. of, or at a doctor's appointment, you know, like, uh-huh. and I had, and it was something that was coming off of me before I'd said even any words that people would know. I think I can trust her. I think she's kind. Somehow right. that was coming off. Right. And so putting it all together, the, the ease of this was that I started to understand how my strengths would help me as I went on this and continued on this self-love journey Mm -hmm. and this path that I was on and that the things that I gave out to others, I did not have to learn how to do those things. I had to learn and practice how to turn them toward myself. Mm -hmm. And exact strengths helped me to keep going and helped me to create the life that I have now. Um, Mm -hmm. a lot of patience a lot of grace a lot of just acceptance of where I'm at right now in this moment especially when I felt like I was 
um, having a little tantrum on the floor, like a two-year-old <laughs> metaphorically, um, saying, it's okay, honey, things are going to mm-hmm. be okay. Like, this is just a moment, cry it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're ready, get back up and we'll, we'll, we'll get into some Play-Doh. <laughs> right. <laughs> so that's that, that ease of like finding my strengths and then going along with the flow of them and using them in a way to help myself. Mm-hmm. has been uh, really uh, just a, a beautiful way of um, kind of putting everything together uh, or pulling everything together mm-hmm. as I go on the next adventure that I'm on. <laughs> right, right. And also giving the gifts back to yourself that you clearly give so freely to everybody around you. Yeah. That's really lovely. Is there anything else that helped you through the most challenging moments as you have been on this journey of change? Well, I'll go back to that work by Brene Brown. And I think the understanding that if I wanted to be in another place, that I first had to start to be vulnerable with myself. And Mm -hmm. I think that was even harder than being vulnerable with others. Um, but putting in that vulnerability part in very, very small ways when we began, when I say we, that's all of me, I'm a Gemini. So maybe I'm (laughs) I'm always a we, (laughs) it does feel like at times I was talking to different parts of myself that Mm -hmm. were helping me. Mm -hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, the vulnerability part, letting people in, letting people know me, um, as I started to do the same, letting myself in, yeah. starting to know myself, I think the vulnerability part was uh, really critical for me. And it was the thing I most resisted before I had started and had any epiphanies or ahas. Mm-hmm. Um, I always felt like I walked around with a wall around me. All It was a 360 wall too. It wasn't just the phone. Yeah. It was like everything you can't get in unless I carve out a little peephole here. <laughs> So I think the vulnerability part, um, and I really had some good people around me that were uh-huh. just ready for that. Uh, uh-huh. And I had, I slowly started to let them in. And I always um, share that I had, I had often shared some vulnerability with people that weren't trusted, safe, to be, safe people. And that's what really helped with all those walls. Um, but I started to look to see, I think this person has always been there and always had my back and always wanted the best for me. I think I could have a little bit more of a real conversation with them. Right. And that's, that's how it started to unfold. Mm, That is absolutely beautiful. What did you think might help you on this journey that really didn't, as -hmm. it turned out? Hmm. Uh, I, I think in the, in the beginning and, and in different parts of different beginnings, because uh-huh. there's been many beginnings, uh-huh. um, that I thought that other people would have the solution for me. So I was kind of looking for a, a, a blueprint or a roadmap from other people. Uh-huh. And what I found was that like Brene Brown, I, you know, I'll use her as an example again. She had part of what I needed and I needed, I needed to take it and incorporate it and make it my own. Right. And try it out. And so 
um, there's really nobody out there that could have helped me create my own self-love path and journey um, the way I could. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is actually my, uh, one of the things that I share with people that I work with, which is you are, you are your own best self-love teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, I did have to learn to love myself because I, I did not know how. Um, some people might not say it that way or not like that language, but for me, it felt like I was learning a whole new language, a whole new way of being. Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I, uh, I, I needed to know about other things and from other people's experience, but I needed to do it in my way and make it my own. And, and going back to that, turning down the volume as my inner voice started to get louder, I would know, like, I think I need to work a little on forgiveness. Like that's, that's an area that's hard for me, but Mm -hmm. I'd really like to have a a better relationship with my mom. And I think the place to start is forgiveness. And that's all I needed to know for the moment. And I would sit with it for quite a while. And then at some point an opportunity would present itself and maybe I would take it the first time and maybe I wouldn't, but, but eventually I, I, I never lost track of you're working on forgiveness right now. Right. And, right. and so um, so things would come up where I had opportunities to practice that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And doing it from within yourself rather than saying, well, let me just read another book about forgiveness. Let yeah. me just look up some articles about forgiveness so I can understand how to do it. Um, and I find that is so common. We we look outside of ourselves because we believe that we couldn't possibly know. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't possibly know what would be helpful because all these things haven't been helpful. So how would we know? So we spend a lot of energy looking outside. I have one more question for you. What would you say to anyone who feels like they don't know what to do next but they know that they cannot keep doing what they're doing now. Wow. That is a really great question. I actually need to read you this quote that I, um, that I, I had on my desk for a really long time. I'm talking probably 10 years before I had that epiphany um, Mm -hmm. at my college graduation. Mm -hmm. Um, it's the quote by Anise Nin. I might not be saying her name right, but uh, and Anise Nin. Um, and the day came when the risk to remain tight in a bud was more painful than the risk it took to blossom. Mm. And I know that's the question that you're asking me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. uh, for me, it was finding that little tiny sliver of hope and trusting myself in the smallest of ways to be open to it and to see what it would bring to me. Um, so it is, it is, it is that moment. There was that moment of, I don't want to do this for one more day. Yeah. I don't know how to not do this, but I've made this decision, this choice, this announcement <laughs> I don't want to do this for one more day. And it really did open up a new path that I could only see about three feet in front of me at a time. 
Right. But I could see where I was at. And as I was walking through all of this, uh, a little more would appear. Um, I would often want to be at a different stage than I was, but I wasn't ready for it. And I had to just get comfortable with being where I was at. Mm-hmm. And when I got comfortable with being where I was at and started to practice and, you know, change my language and open up to people and try new things, a little bit more would appear because at that point I was ready for more. Right. And, um, that's where a lot of patience and grace comes into this whole thing. Uh, so it is, uh, and, and, and beautifully, it keeps evolving. Mm-hmm. It keeps getting deeper. It keeps getting richer. It keeps getting wider. Um, so it's, uh, it's, it's about letting yourself know you're done with this part and you're ready for something new. Yeah. You don't have to know what the new looks like before you begin. You have begun when you say that to yourself. What a beautiful point. We don't have to know what it looks like. We have already begun when we say, I can't do this one more day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Really powerful part of your story. Thank you so much for sharing this with us, Pam. I feel like we've gotten to know you more just through this discussion. I really appreciate your willingness to answer my questions today. Thank you so much. Thank you, Virginia. Thank you for your time and space and, and uh, holding space for me and uh, caring so much. I, uh, it was lovely to be able to share this. And um, I, I really appreciate um, this conversation. Excellent. I'm looking forward to our next one already. Me too. Thanks, Pam. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. Please share your comments, questions, and ideas by contacting us at coachpamdavis at gmail.com. We hope you'll join us next time on Inside Job with V and Pam. And remember, change is an inside job.